Hello again, everyone. I am back and going to address an issue straight out. You know, there is a certain thing ruining our lives. Okay, religion. Religion and pretenses is completely ruining our lives. I'm just going to give you a couple examples. You know, so let's say you're waiting for a promise from God, right? Like I am right now, several and, um, you know, you keep hearing good things or prophecies, confirmations, whatever. But in general, you feel like, yeah, the promise is on the way. It's coming and whatever. And then somebody comes along and you're, ta- you know, you might be talking about how you're waiting on this or whatever. And then someone comes along and says something like, well, have you been obedient to God? Have you prayed enough? Have you? Okay. You guys, I have been living in in so much frustration about my own shortcomings, okay? I have been fighting off with everything I can find. This this self-righteous desire to find somehow how I can line up my behavior good enough for the promises of God to be true for me. I know I am not alone in this problem. Okay? Our problem is not that we haven't stopped. You know, I'll just tell you straight up. My problem is I can't quit smoking. I can't quit smoking. And guess what? I have health problems. Pretty bad health problems because of that. I'm just going to be straight up with you guys. I can't quit smoking. Why is that? Is that a thorn in the flesh like Paul had? I don't know. But no matter how much I cry out, no matter how much I try to quit, no matter how, it just, it's hanging on. And religious people's answer to that is... That I need to go through deliverance, more deliverance, pray harder, deal with the pain that's connected to the smoking. Um, you know, want, want the other thing bad enough. <laughs> Care about my health good enough. I need to understand my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, all this stuff. Okay? That is the thing that's frustrating me because you can know all that stuff till kingdom come. And... Maybe something does have a hold on me, okay? Maybe it's some kind of demonic spirit. Maybe it's whatever. You know, your your thing might be porn. It might be alcohol. It might be Little Debbie Snacks, okay? <sighs> Can any of us honestly say that we are completely set free from any and everything that we would go to for comfort besides God? Let's just, let's just pretend that we're honest enough to say no. Each one of us has our go-to, okay? Our drug of choice. Let's just say that nobody is quite at that place where they feel completely fulfilled by God all the time and they never have to go to shopping for comfort, to, to their friends to go gossip about somebody for comfort, to their porn addiction for comfort, to their... Alcohol for comfort. Let's just say somebody's got a hold on that. 
and 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 nobody it is not the stuff like that that is the problem in our lives okay lord forgive me for saying this to probably some religious people who are going to think that i am blaspheming or something but let me tell you what our problem is our problem is the fact that we don't think our God's grace and love is big enough to cover those things when we cannot, whether it's in our own, our own flesh or, or even when we've asked for his strength, we can't find a way above some of these stupid worldly things that corrupt our lives. And we know they corrupt our lives. And so we still sit in guilt and condemnation. You know what is harder to give up than a cigarette? The condemnation that that is actually up to me. It was through freedom that Christ set us free. Either he has done the work and it is finished. Okay. Or it's only finished if we can actually get control of every little aspect of our lives. I'm so... I am so sick of the church, the believers, the Christ followers who are seeking God every day and trying to get closer to him and waiting on his promises and looking for his miracles, sitting around and trying to pretend to each other that we do not have these issues that eat us alive. I can tell you right now that the far bigger crime or sin in God's eyes is the fact that we're allowing these things to eat us alive and make us feel guilty and make us feel separated from God and make us feel like we don't want to talk to him or he can't, we can't hear from him. Because after all, we haven't snuffed out the cigarette. <sighs> My life would be going better if only I could behave a certain way. If you've ever read the Bible, that's actually anti-gospel. But here's the thing. No matter how many times I've read that and I know that, and I know that his unfeeling love covers all of that. I mean, it covered all of David's sins, past and future. It covered all of Peter's sins, past and future. Paul mentions, hey, I haven't arrived. I strive towards the goal, but I still have my thing. But God's grace is big enough. He's the only one that can. It doesn't bother him that I smoke as bad as it bothers him that I'm so upset with myself for smoking. And I can't let his grace and his love into that part of my life. So us as believers towards each other, pulling out these religious cards of, well, it must be. And here's the thing. We don't even need each other to do that to us. If we have had any kind of religious teaching, we have it in our own heads ourselves. If I would have just done this more, if I would just do this more, if I could just get a grip on myself. Maybe I haven't prayed right. Maybe I need to rededicate my life to God. You name it. Okay, I'm just being real. You know what the difference is between believers and non-believers? Truly, we've accepted a free gift of grace. That's it. Because of that, can we start making better moral choices? Yeah, but that's still because of God. It's not really anything we do. If it starts feeling easy to us, it's not because of what we do. It's because of his Holy Spirit, you know, taking over and infiltrating us. 
I've had enough of Satan's plan and Satan's work in the church. Number one, making us feel condemned or like it's on our shoulders somehow. We can repent 50 million times. But if God chooses to not deliver us from a certain thing so that we can stay humble, then we need to trust his grace and his love to fill in that gap for us. So number one, we need to trust that God's big enough to cover those things that we cannot seem to get a hold of. Okay? And we can just keep giving it to him. Every time we do it, just give it to him. Number two, we need to quit pretending to each other that we don't have that problem. And number three, we need to quit condemning each other. Oh, well, maybe you try this. Maybe you try that. Okay? We all do it. We all do it. We have all got the answers for how someone else can get their breakthrough. Well, we're sitting at home going, God, what? Why? What have I done? And then all these things come. Well, see, now I haven't done this perfect. I haven't done that perfect or whatever. Are you seeking his face? Are you surrendering all that you can in the best way you know how? Then Satan should have no hold. And I hope this message alone, just me speaking it out loud, puts, puts power and life into our ability to accept his free gift of unfailing love that David talks about over and over and over and over in spite of us, not because of us, in spite of us, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners. And you say, oh, well, yeah, but now I've accepted Christ and so I'm redeemed and so I shouldn't do this stuff anymore. Yeah, I know that argument. I understand. I feel the same way. I shouldn't do that stuff anymore. But guess what? If we reach perfection, then we would be in a position where we can judge. And Jesus said himself that he himself wasn't even going to judge. But if he did, it would be perfect and right. It's his grace that he gives us something to stay humble by, but we still have to, we have to literally receive the grace. We have to be okay with having it in place of the perfect behavior. But that would be putting our dependence on a God that a lot of us don't, uh, you know, feel real comfortable trusting. It would be out of our control. It would be on what we ourselves could do. And we would have to actually trust his love. People say, oh, I'm trusting God, blah, blah, blah. Really? Are you trusting that he loves you? No matter what? Are any of us? Guess what? I would love to hear from, you know, any of you that uh, can either relate or feel like you've had some kind of revelation into, you know, really being able to trust his love in the midst of your own sin. Trust that it's thorough and enough. That what he did on the cross was literally enough for your past and your future sins. Even the ones you know about that you can't get a hold of. I mean, God is so far outside our box sometimes. He really does allow sins to continue sometimes so that we realize that we are not God. That we're not perfect. And that we need him always. We choose to follow him, yes. That's the beginning of a journey. That doesn't mean... <laughs> I mean, all our sins are wiped clean. Yes, absolutely. But that doesn't mean that, like, we're going to have 
a perfect behavior record after that. Okay? Our hearts are what become perfect and pure. I hope this has helped somebody. I hope it's opened your eyes to the religious and facadical things that are actually making us miserable and and ruining our lives. That is the kind of thing that wears us down. If we have any conscience at all, that kind of thing wears us down. But we need to understand that conscience and condemnation are not the same thing. When you fail, give it to him again. Thank him for his grace again. I will too. Thanks, guys.